Hey, it's me, uh, Ben, from the internet podcast, Bunta Vista. It's about 7.40pm on Sunday the 6th of March, uh, and it is the seventh day of what I think future peoples will refer to as the 2022 Brisbane floods. Um, it has been a lot. Uh, you might already notice uh, that the free episode that was in your feed from this week, episode 239, was a whopping two hours long, uh, which would generally give us license to say fuck you to a bonus episode uh, and to um, take, take a little time off for ourselves because, as we all know, podcasting is very hard work. Uh, but in light of uh, the fundraising stream, that we had this weekend, and the frankly enormous amount of money uh, that you guys managed to donate, we thought maybe we can put a little bit more effort in um, and chuck you chuck you a little bonus episode, both for the uh, the Patreon subscribers and for the others, the normals, if you will. Um, yeah, I, I mean, wait, how how else do you say thank you for people donating just such an extraordinary fucking massive amount of money uh this is it's wild we're so chuffed we're so thankful um i think if you're listening to this and it's before let's say maybe tuesday the 8th of march uh donations will still be open um the the causes we're donating to are seek volunteers australia amazing people feeding people that are desperately in need of just having a fucking warm meal uh new south wales ses based in lismore literally you know, saving people from fucking drowning. Uh, and to Loop Growers in Brisbane, which is uh, a farm that is uh, very important to me personally and very important to the wider community that I'm part of. Um, I was out there this morning cleaning mud out of the shipping container that they kept all their tools in, and Theo and I will be out there tomorrow at 7.30 in the morning uh, fucking cleaning mud out of whatever mud needs mud cleaned out of. Um yeah, I'm, we're, we're, we're very grateful, is what I'm saying. Uh, and that's why you're getting a bonus episode. I wasn't on it, and I'm about to get in and edit it. Uh, but if there's any anything questionable in there, anything rude in there, uh, that's frankly not my problem. That's on those guys. Can't vouch for its quality. But uh, it's probably good. I mean, I like those guys. I think they're funny. Who knows? Anyway, um, I've rattled on for long enough. Uh, hope you're well. Thank you so much for donating. Uh, if you you if it's before Tuesday or on Tuesday, and you got a couple of bucks to spare, buntavis.com/slash/donate. That'd be amazing. Thank you so much. This podcast is very silly. It's nice that we can do nice things with it. Anyway, I hope you're well. Be well. Thank you. Welcome to Bunta Vista. It's a bonus episode. And here you are in my bedroom in 2007. We're all getting ready to go to the Taste of Chaos concert tour in Melbourne. <laughs> Carefully applying his eyeliner while sucking in to fit into a sp- pair of pink JJ's skinny jeans. It's 
It's my friend Andrew Aesthetic. Andrew. Hell yeah. Would you agree that Jared Leto in 30 Seconds to Mars is taste sex? Uh, I Sorry, I couldn't tell who said that. I just need to push my fringe out of my eyes real quick. <laughs> oh! Who's talking you are, to Lizzie. me? <laughs> sorry, I can only see you with the one eye that is now uncovered uh, mm. from beneath my fringe. I never uncover the other one, and that is why my vision is it looks fucked up. Bad. I'm glad you keep that thing covered. <laughs> yeah. It looks bad. <laughs> you got that oh, when I uncover it, vision. Yeah, yeah. When I uncover it, it's just you don't know where it's going, you mm. know? Uh, I do agree, though. He is Tessex. And I tell mm. you what, wouldn't take me a whole 30 seconds to get to Mars with that guy. <laughs> Wish you didn't say that. Great. <laughs> and now, updating his MySpace profile so that it plays Ohio is for Lovers by Hawthorne Heights rather than the previous Taking Back Sunday song, it's my friend Theo Thursday. Theo, <laughs> why, are you, why are you removing Andrew from your top friends list? Well, I mean... Look, this is not going to get me any closer to getting fingered, is it? So, him <laughs> <laughs> being on there, complete non-starter. And that's the only currency in 2007, <laughs> is whether or not mm. you're going to get fingered. <laughs> so all anyone's talking about is who is getting fingered and who's doing the fingering. I mean, have you seen his car? It's... I <laughs> just... I, personally, I cannot see myself getting fingered in that car in, like, a Pizza Hut parking lot or the back of a lot of a birch carol coil um Mm -hmm. you know after we've gone and seen fucking what was on in 2007 um i'm just i'm just having a look right now what the american pie three yeah american pie three perfect (laughs) prime prime fingering territory that is prime fingering territory for sure yeah, the problem is you're just about to get your hand into her JJ's skinny jeans, mm-hmm. and then Stifler says something that has her doing belly laughs that shoot your hand straight back out of there. You know? Yeah. You got to start all over. Too again. much levity. Yeah. Then you got to start all over see again. I am Sam. Mm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. oh boy. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't like that. I That's, took a date to oh, I am Sam. Well. Yeah, that's yeah. that Did is you? definitely one of the <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. No, I, had, I, had, I had terrible judgment as a as a boyfriend. Uh, they could just fucking, make movies like that. Two thousand and one. Good lord. Is that when I am Sam came out? Fifteen is not an age to go and see I am Sam <laughs> in the cinemas. It's not a sexy experience. <laughs> wow, oh, I'm such a moron. Oh, when. Sean Penn makes them cry. You know, you're in with a chance. You know, mm. I'm gonna hold yeah, you. Chance of something. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to do that when you star in a movie, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, what he did. Supposed... Yeah, yeah. You're not supposed. What's that? Uh, like, and oh, what yeah. is it that you well, never, look, you should never do? <laughs> we all know what he did. I actually think it's difficult to narrow down the list of things that Sean Penn shouldn't have done. Yeah. Because I was yeah. just, I was seeing those reports of him uh, turning up in Ukraine and being like, "I'm making a documentary. I'm here to so, help, so the world can see." And um, and then there was a follow-up article saying that apparently he just like walked to the border at Poland and was like, "Let me out of here." Yeah. Ah, uh, <laughs> ah, <laughs> it's really scary over here. But when I was when I was looking for something about that, I saw the headline. 
from however many years ago of like Sean Penn regrets doing that interview with El Chapo. Yeah. <laughs> where he did an interview with uh, uh-huh. notorious drug lord El Chapo. Oh, yeah. Uh, for Rolling Stone magazine. And then um, El Chapo got uh, captured like a week later. And Sean Penn was like, hey, had nothing to do with me. Yeah, please wow. don't take my toenails. I met him in a whole different place. I don't um, think I like Sean Penn's vibe. Like, I get bad no. vibes. Yeah. And I feel like Which he's part, done, like, doing a disservice for, for like, I don't know. He's just very easy to make fun of for, like, I don't trust being the guy. nominally left. But he's kind of just a moron about it as well. Oh yeah, no, he's he's out there doing his um he's out there doing like anti-trans stuff now. Yeah, uh, he's showing his whole asshole. Hey, speaking of showing your your whole asshole, we were talking about cats again before mm-hmm. the, the movie podcast cats. and we're talking about okay, so you don't know we can't get a handle on scale and CG and all that sort of stuff. What I can't yeah. get a handle on the movie Cats and also keep in mind that I haven't seen it and also I haven't seen any of the trailers. Um wow. But I've just sort of seen a lot of stuff just through like osmosis and stuff. Is how nude are they supposed to be? Because a primary kind of factor in cat ownership is seeing mm-hmm. butthole like forty yep. times a day. You're you're seeing hole all day long. So you're thinking that you're mm. seeing the hole of all these? I can't think of one of their fucked up name. Uh, mm. Rum tum tugger's hole. There you go. Are you uh, seeing rum tum tugger's hole? Are we getting rum tum tugger hole? Well. The, the fucked up part to me is there is a scene where um, Rebel Wilson is a cat and it's meant, right. to, it's meant to be funny because the cat is fat. Yeah. You know? Hilarious. You know what's fucked up? Is, is and for Rebel a while Wilson there, did that role. Yeah. Um, <laughs> remember, how, remember how uh, she was in a bunch of movies and they were yeah. like, you know, you know what would be funny? Yeah, you know what's funny. Lady, is if this lady was fat. Yeah. And now um, she's put an enormous amount of time and effort into losing a whole bunch of weight. And now now, now she's just kind of not funny. Yeah. So maybe they were right, you know? Maybe. Yeah, maybe that is what's funny. Oh, yeah, I see. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I'm seeing a little trailer here, sort of like a highlight reel of Rebel Wilson, and she's a cat, and she's sort of dancing, but she's like knocking stuff over with her bum. Uh, but get this. Now that's funny. At some point, she's wearing like a furry suit, and then she undoes a, a zipper down the front and steps out of it, and she she's still covered in fur. Yes, huh. it's really unsettling. I don't like that. It's very I unsettling. Think, I really feel like there are a lot of things that were very important to kind of nail down as far as like the mechanics of all of this. I, I can say from having seen it that it would have been so much more successful as a movie yeah, if, if they had see their put, holes. If, if they had put mm. all of these people into um, like morph suits and and given them headbands with cat ears on them. Yeah. And a bear gaping hole. Yeah. So like yes. just the cat ears yes. in the hole. Cat yeah, suit. I agree. Yeah, a big hole I think in the yeah, We're all on the same page hole. here. Big hole. You you glue on a series of nipples down the front and you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we got that now. So, All right. So the reason the reason this came up was because um, in my in my attempt to watch all the movies that have been made, I watched the film adaptation of the musical Dear Evan Hansen, which uh, has been absolutely universally panned. 
And much like cats, if something gets a bad enough reputation, it enters my I need to watch this column. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you famously saw Smile <laughs> twice before. Smiles, like uh, Music? The music. Zia movie? Music. Oh. Yeah. You saw Music you twice did. before. I think at the time I was trying to recommend some movie and you're like, I haven't yeah, seen yeah, it yeah. twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to watch Music. I prefer twice. to no, not I was- watch a good movie. I I did not get to the end of music that when I watched it. I I got to maybe like the let's say seven eighths of the way through. Okay, that bad. Um, wow. Very very bad. Um, I simply but, can't uh, watch like, the last eighth. So the thing the thing that cats and music and Dear Evan Hansen all have in common is that the 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 movie working successfully is all resting on one factor that they have miscalculated so catastrophically that it just makes every single scene in the movie not work. And Dear Evan Hansen is like that. But the other the other criticism that I saw of it was people who had seen the stage musical saying, this musical kind of works on stage because theatre is... Theater, yeah, you know? like outsized. It's, mm. it's 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 yeah. not in the same sort of. Um, it it doesn't play by the same rules of reality, right? Like it's it's a no. bit bigger and smaller at the same time. It's yeah, it's a, it's a lot cheesier. It's a lot yeah. more sentimental. There's a lot more maudlin stuff. It's it's doing a lot more work to kind of tug at the heartstrings and all that sort of thing. And when you find out what the plot of Dear Evan Hansen is, it's fucking nuts it's incredibly ghoulish and it makes me wonder how it ever worked as a stage musical i'm gonna spoil because dear evan hansen for all of us oh, no. i am i, I am going to spoil it. the whatever 2015 musical <laughs> dear evan hansen so so it's called dear evan hansen because evan hansen the fucking loser played by 30 year old man ben platt mm-hmm. uh he he sucks. Nobody likes him. He's very nervous. He's on meds, which I feel like yeah. there's a big trend in American stuff but of like really really demonizing young people being on meds. But what about his uh-huh. character? Um, <laughs> and and so you know he he sucks and everything. He's in the library uh, writing a letter to himself, dear Evan Hansen. Today's going to be a great day, etc. And this is a task that has been given to him by his therapist to write a nice letter to himself. Right? Yeah. And he he goes to print it out in the library, and local uh, local clinically insane suicidal goth kid sees it, takes it from him, and goes home. And he's like, oh no, he's going to publish it and embarrassing me badly. Instead, what this kid does is kill himself, but he kills himself in possession of this letter. And people are like, oh, you guys must have been friends. And Evan Hansen says, yes, we were. Yeah. And And it's sort of just madcap (laughs) from there, sort of like a friends episode. It makes me think of the story we did on here once about, like, a guy who had been charged in Australian court with, like, impersonating a soldier because he, he had gone into, like, a pub and s- some form of mistaken identity thing 
and he had just told a story about being in Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever, and people were like, wow, you're a real hero. Let us all buy you a beer. And the next time he came back, uh, like everybody bought him beers and asked to hear another story, and he did. And then at some point he's like bought himself medals, and like then he's giving inspirational speeches to local school kids in full uniform and everything. <laughs> and when they pulled him up in front of the court, he said, hey just kind of got out of hand mm. uh the which i really with these stories is though you can just sort of like you can just tell me the lead in and i can just close my eyes and picture the whole the rest of it anyway yeah like this uh, dear evan hansen like oh th- this guy you know killed himself with a in possession with a letter that made it look like he was a friend and he kind of became a hero from it i'm like yeah yeah okay yep cool got it he's got to kind of keep keep the lie up keep adding to it yeah um, and then at some point it. it's revealed you know, I get yeah, like absolutely. That. No, no, I yeah, I get it. I get. It. I don't need to see the movie. I don't, I don't need to see. Oh, you definitely getting, don't need to see the movie. Um, <laughs> but, old mate, uh, old mate, getting fucking financed by his dad to, you know, do this whatever. Yeah, and the but like the the fucked thing is that as the movie goes on, and you know, he's talking to like. Uh, the dead kid's parents who were like, oh, you were his friend, you know, tell us about your friendship and everything. And he starts telling them this fantasized version about, uh, you know, their friendship. But for him, it's very fulfilling because he doesn't have any fucking friends and he's imagining what it would be like to have someone who cared about him, you know. So he starts to like really gleefully engage in inventing these fictions for the family and friends and community around a dead teenager. This guy and sounds you're meant to kind of, I don't yeah, like you're this meant guy. To like, you're meant to feel for him. Like, he's the protagonist. You're meant he to sounds feel like a fucking bad psycho. for him. <laughs> sounds like a fucking school shooter. Like, yeah. you're, meant to, you're meant to feel bad for him because he's, like, an isolated outsider and feel some sort of sympathy so for him. So is the Joker, mm. you know? Yeah. Am I meant to feel sympathy um, for the Joker? And all of this is tremendously undercut by the fact that the lead role is played by a 30-year-old man dressed as a school kid. <sighs> looks like fucking Martin Short and Clifford. He looks like, ridiculous. It is out of control. It's out of control. And ev- all the other kids are played by teens, uh, so it works even less. That's fucked up. Like, you should at least cast 25-year-olds for the other people. Yeah. 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 Uh, in- instead, instead, what you wind up with is, like... The whole thing really has the energy because it also has like kind of Hallmark Channel, uh, just vaguely realistic McMansion uh, production values. And yeah, what you wind up with is the entire thing has the energy of like an SNL digital short, you know? Mm. Um, the The whole thing has the energy of like a filmed skit. So it's like watching uh, a big... A big joke where the punchline does not arrive for two whole hours. <laughs> so That's if you're good... into like yeah. if you're into inflicting like psychic distress upon yourself for the uh, for the purposes of entertainment, I would I would say uh, it's for people who like to uh, shriek and throw popcorn at the screen, like people watching The Room and stuff like that. You know, with Tommy Wiseau and that sort of thing. I would say it has a very a very similar vibe. To those movies. If, if you, you have things a, to do yeah. with your time, however, yeah. <laughs> I don't recommend it. If you want to see a movie with a completely irredeemable protagonist um, who's sort of played to be like the sympathetic 
lead, etc., but they're actually aware of what they're doing, um, just watch fucking Observe and Report instead. In fact, just mm. watch Observe and Report anyway. That's a good movie. Stop watching. It's such a good movie. People fuck morons to not like that movie. Um, the, it's is great. It a, has one of the greatest endings of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, is is it a Jody Hill movie? I believe so. Yeah. 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 It's got Michael Pena in it. Um, oh, he's great yeah. in that movie. Man, it's, it's a real it's a it's a real bad time in the, in the <laughs> same way that that uh, um, Eastbound and Down is. As well, yep. which is also yep. great, man. You go and just watch um, all of Jody Hill's oeuvre and have a much better time. <laughs> that's o- that's for sure how you say that word. Yeah. Hey, um, it's I French can for see egg. Our, yeah, I could see our Pat- Patreon um, subscribers going down in real time while we <laughs> describe the entire plot to a movie. Um, well, speaking of hey, things hey. that make us want to <laughs> blow our brains out. Whoa. Whoa, Andrew, is this the one thing we didn't want to happen? It's one of them. This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. Yeah, see, I can do a segue. If I Sorry, want. so you just, just had that I segue. Just don't want to. The segue that you had sitting there, regardless of the content, was going to be speaking of things that make us want to blow our brain down. <laughs> you had no idea of the content that was going to come up. I, I just assumed just that, that, that was in the where tank. we're going to land. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this comes to us from the Natchez... Democrat? Excuse me? N-A-T-C-H-E-Z. Natchez. That's a place in a American city that I think we've brought up at some point before. We should get a billboard there. Where is that? Natchez, Mississippi. Oh, Natchez, Mississippi. Just a couple towns over. Natchez woman who shot herself accidentally is in stable condition. A 47-year-old Natchez woman has been airlifted from Merit Health Natchez to a Jackson hospital after accidentally shooting herself, according to law enforcement. Adams County Sheriff Travis Patton said the woman appears to have shot herself accidentally with a twenty-two pistol on Thursday morning and is still alive. Adams County Sheriff's Office investigator Frank Smith said deputies responded to a shooting in the 100 block of Far Road in Natchez. Now, is it is it the 100 block because, like, you know, we were talking about American addresses where it's like, oh, I yeah. live at 6,000 something well, lanes. So someone said, okay, well, each each block is like 100 yeah. because uh, Americans have no idea how to build roads, so they just build grids. So I, I think that works t- in, like, a city where it's like 4th Street is, like, just after a 3rd Street. You yeah, know, that makes sense, s- but I don't get why the- there's thousands of numbers on... Well, they're street. saying that the numbers, so your number, say you're like 6,400, um, you know, mm. Blackface Street. Mm. The um, That's like the 64th block along? Sure. Is it? I, so, I'm, so I'm told. Or is it the 640th block? <laughs> no, I don't know. Look, I don't know. The victim told deputies and medical workers she'd been carrying the gun and stumbled over the threshold of her house and accidentally discharged the weapon. This is the fucking... All right, go and read the next sentence. The bullet went underneath her chin and exited near her eye. Oh, my... Smith said. This is literally what I spend like 30 or 40% of my time thinking about. It's just like, oh, what if I tripped over and the thing that I'm carried kind of like... Is this accidental? Go, How do you accidentally... Goes through my head. Shoot yourself in the head. I can't think of anything worse than shooting yourself accidentally. No. Like, it must be so painful. Out of the things you want to do, like carrying this gun around, 
I think tripping and shooting yourself through the head is at right down the bottom or the top of the list, depending on how you're ranking them. So I'm worried when I recycle cans yeah. that if I didn't pull the whole ring pull off the can, that when I go to take the recycling out, I'm going to cut myself on yeah. the little circular can, which hurts really bad. And you're going to trip over and you know, like both your hands will kind yeah. of get stuck. And I think in. about that all the time when I'm putting a can in the recycling bin. Yeah. So I'm imagining like that, except you just you have a gun in your home and you carry it with you. And you're like, well, I've just been... Just been squishing all this butter down the sinkhole, so I had to carry my gun over several <laughs> thresholds. <laughs> That's I, um, no good. I why why is your why are you just carrying your gun around the house? Why is the safety off? Yeah, just your loaded gun. I um I read a story uh, that was incredibly depressing. Anybody want to hear it? Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. We're at this point now. Yeah, no, this is really going to bum you out, Theo. Um, so this is a, a story from Texas about a guy who got held up at gunpoint at a gas station, right? And the the dude who held him up has then run off into the night. The guy who got held up said, I got something for you, and ran over to his truck and pulled out his gun. And then he turned, and not being able to see the guy... Um, said, oh, I assume he has got into that pickup over there and is trying to get away and opens fire on this pickup truck that did not have the robber in it and instead just unloaded into a truck that had a family sitting in it and their nine-year-old daughter was in the back who got shot in the head and killed. Jesus Christ. And... So, like, the the multiple fucked things about this story are that, like, in, in this part of Texas, um, they were saying, oh, you don't, you don't need to, like, be trained with a gun or register it or anything to carry a loaded gun around. You can just well, go to the store and buy one. what if you need to shoot one. someone? Cart it around. You don't need, to, you don't need any of that shit. And, um, and then... As a follow-up to the story, it said uh, she was the second nine-year-old shot within a week. I feel like we just we just need to hit pause on America for a while. Yeah, mm. just let it. You guys just just chill for a bit. Cool it. Hold on. Yeah, just stop. Just regain some health. Yeah, yeah. some manner. You know when you you know when you're like boiling uh, boiling some pasta. Mm. And and it goes too far, and it starts kind of bubbling up, and it's about to overflow, and then yeah, it goes onto the stove. We just and need then to like take the, it off the burner the, for a little stove's bit. Stove's gone crazy. Yeah, the, the, the water immediately cooks off, and then you got all the starch all over the hot plate and everything. Yeah. Mm. Instead, yeah. what you want to do, you want to just take it off the boil yeah. real quick. You, you want know? to take it off before it gets there, ideally. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. you've gone too far. You yeah. can still take it off. Yeah. The the first best time was before that happened. The next best time is is now when it's sort of boiling over in horrible violence, etc. Just just hit pause on America for a bit. We'll just take it off the burner. Mm. We'll just let later. everything settle down a little bit. You know, yep. we've probably got some pr- more prep work to do with like veggies or whatever. Um, some ideas. We just got come some, up ideas. With some ideas about those guys. Yeah, we will do some brainstorming about America and um, come back when we're ready. Yeah. Yeah, that one really bummed me out. Yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, I just, uh, you know, we've talked about it before, I'm sure, but 
it's just extremely hard to imagine like uh, and I know and I know that this is the point this is the point if you are like a right-wing politician or if you are a gun lobbyist or whatever the point is to get laws passed where everyone who wants a gun can have one and all that sort of stuff because it's by design extremely hard to roll that stuff back once yeah. it's out there you know uh Anyway, this lady's injuries were critical, but she is in stable condition as of Thursday afternoon. Isn't that good news? That's good news. Are you going to tell us some bad news now? Well, I mean, sometimes you get a bit of bad news. Sometimes you don't so much get the news, but you get a vibe. Hmm. You feel a little something, a little something on the horizon Hmm. that might be a little unsettling to you. Could be be bad. That's something we call... An omen and or a portent. You shall see hail fall from a clear sky and burn as fire upon the ground. You shall see darkness cover Egypt when the sun climbs high to noon. And you shall know that God is God and bow down to his will. Folks, this one comes to us from WGCL News... Wugukle. Oh, tune in to WGCL. The Wugukle News, Georgia. Giant parachuting spiders could show up along the entire east coast of the United States, according to some scientists, the that unpopular ones. Doesn't sound like science to me. Like I've yeah. got, I'm seeing some glaring things that don't sound like real to me, but go on. Uh, it sounds to me like the 1990 film Arachnophobia. Mm-hmm. Watched that with my kids, and I was like, "That's mm. what happened to me. Have That's why I got <laughs> got my intense spider fear." Uh, originally from Japan, the three-inch-long Joro spider made its way first to Georgia and has begun to slowly spread out. Three inches, fucking grow up. Yeah. Oh, oh he's a that, little guy. Huge, he's just a little guy. Are we talking? And are we talking like? From Are we talking wingspan or Yeah, are we talking like leg span? Oh, that's not that big. They're being pussies about it. Like a diameter? Radius? Like a like a huntsman size. Even? Is that even a huntsman? I'm having a look. I'm looking at the Joro spider right now. And it's just hanging out on somebody's hand. What does he look like? They look like they're friends. Does he look fucked up? A little friendly fella from like Charlotte. From Charlotte's Web. Yeah. That's Charlotte. Oh, he's like a little garden spider. Yeah, he's a little guy. He's just one of those hanging from the web kind of guys. And quite pretty, if I may say so. Yeah. He's kind of beautiful. Yeah. They seem way. they seem pretty friendly. Like he's uh, hanging out of, on this guy's hand. So Yep. Uh so Let's see. University of Georgia scientists have released a study saying the eight-legged residents are about to come even more prolific in Georgia and spread up and down the entire East Coast. Quote, it doesn't have anything that's controlling its population size in the new habitat, but it has perfect conditions to spread, Mm. said Benjamin Frick, co-author of the study and an undergraduate at Odom School of Ecology, University of Georgia. Scientists say it will continue to spread because of its ability to survive the cold. Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> saying what? Why? Like, why are you saying it like that? 
Quote, so in our experiment, we exposed them to a brief period of cold only for a couple of minutes at below freezing temperatures, and most of them did just fine. <laughs> most. Most is something. Being a scientist rules. Yeah, you can just, you can just do that. You're like, what yeah. if we just made these spiders really cold and it's yeah, sort of like, let them see what happens. You guys like some cold? Some lived, some of them died. I don't know what to make of that. Anyway. Researchers have found the spiders can travel using their webs like balloons or parachutes to ride the wind. That rocks. But it is unknowing humans who will spread them quicker. Frickin' Davis said if you are unlucky enough to be bitten by a Joro, its bite feels far less than a wasp sting like a little pinch. That's cute. That's nice. It is cute. They do have a little venom, but like a bee or a wasp sting. Most will not need any medical attention. The East Coast can expect to see webs around late May slash early June, but the really big female webs come around the start of fall. Yeah, I mean, I know this this is supposed to be scary, and we put the big scary thing song up front, etc. Mm. But I gotta say, this little spider in Australia can get thrown thrown around like a chew toy. Yep. Yeah. It's got nothing. I got like uh, twenty of these bad boys outside my window. Uh, from CNET, they're saying no need to squish vivid invasive Joro spiders. Researchers say uh, Joro spiders are real lookers. They are big and have eye-catching yellow highlights on their bodies and legs. That's true. Mm. They're looking good. Mm. Yeah, they're from Japan, but they quite like Kinda the environment nice with in the U.S. state of Georgia. There's no need to panic or kill the critters. They are not interested in biting people. And they do be kind of nice with it. Mm-hmm. While Joro spiders and golden catching... silk spiders, hmm. what are they? What are they catching? Feelings, bugs. <laughs> I think, and, well, and probably hobbits as well. Hmm. Um, bugs and I think hobbits. it's it's cool that they are not bitey. <laughs> Joro spiders are big enough for their legs to stretch across the palm of the hand, and their fancy webs stand out. But they don't seem to be having a negative impact on their adopted home. They're a good form of natural pest control, catching mosquitoes, flies, and stink bugs. Oh. Davis I, suggests I, got, take... I got bitten by a fucking stink bug the other day. You got stink bugs up there? You got stink bugs? Yeah, we got stink bugs. Um, what do they smell like? Like, Mackay's just lousy with them. They, they smell awful, would you believe? Like, what kind of smell are we talking? We're talking rotten egg? We're talking trash? No, it's a it's a far, it's like a, a way sharper smell okay. than that. It's a um very kind of like I don't know acrid. like urea or something. It's it's acrid. It's definitely an acrid smell. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Don't like them. And it bit you. It bit me. Did it hurt? Kind of put my yeah. I put my hand on like I was checking out. We got a little we got a little um parasitic orchid 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 orchid. I always orchid. get those mixed up. <laughs> Orchid. Me too, for like one moment, and then I'm like, oh, I'm a moron. Um, we've got a little parasitic <laughs> orchid, um, and I was like checking checking its fit, seeing if it's having a mm. having a good good suck, um, and then fucking bug bit me. Damn. Like, hey, that's bullshit, man. That's bullshit. You shouldn't have to yeah. put up with that. I shouldn't have, to, shouldn't. especially not from a stink bug. Huh. That's so true. Yeah. It's true. It's absolutely true. So if Frankly, it's gonna, it's... if it's going to eat a eat a fucking stink bug, I'm good with that. Go on, Andrew. Give it a whack. Being bitten by a stink bug in your own yard—that is frankly scandalous. 
And where else do we catalogue scandals other than our precious and disgusting tabloids? Fist-headed man destroys church. This is, of course, tabloid phenomenon, where we check in on what's happening uh, in Britain's stinkiest publications. This one comes to us from Yorkshire Live. Huddersfield lad, 12, mortified as mates trick him into dressing as an Oompa Loompa on World <laughs> Book Day. <laughs> what? How do you get tricked into dressing as an Oompa Loompa? Like, surely he can look, okay, surely he can look at the picture and go, make a judgment, make hmm. a call on whether Just that's extremely stupid to, uh-huh, anyway, let's read on. Uh, do we need British voice for this? Please. A mum has praised her son for, quote, always being up for a laugh after his mates, quote, tricked him into dressing up as an Oompa Loompa on World Book Day. William, a pupil at Salandine Nook High School, Huddersfield, <laughs> come the fuck on, came up with the idea himself and spent around half an hour painting his face orange to complete the costume. So he came up with the idea himself? How the fuck is that getting tricked? God damn. Everybody always wants to blame their problems on someone else, you know? That's the problem these days. No one wants to work. So true. His mum said William's friends had told him they were also dressing up for the much-celebrated event. <laughs> but he found he had been tricked after arriving at school early, leaving him mortified. Ah, that old chestnut. That's kind of a Sh dick thing, actually, I'm going to say. She is now calling for people to show her son's support after he put in a huge amount of effort to get dressed. <laughs> Fuck it Go on. This is like, this, this has got that real flavor to me of like when someone puts a photo on uh, like Facebook or Twitter and it's their kids sitting alone in the McDonald's party room and they yeah. say, we had a party and nobody came. Give this photo a like to show him that he has friends? Because he fucking doesn't have friends. Yeah. My God. Yeah, I think we worked that out with the party. He's, the game. <laughs> He's such a laugh, she said. He looks fabulous and I don't even <laughs> want him to change or be put off having fun. The school's having a competition for the best dressed. It took him about 30 minutes to paint his face. So did he win? <laughs> William's mum, who did not want to be named. <laughs> don't associate me with that fucking loser. <laughs> Just keep my name out of this. That's killing me. William's mum. We've already said William, the one kid who dressed up as an Oompa Loompa at Salandine Nook High School, Huddersfield. But I don't want it getting out that it's my kid. William's mum, who did not want to be named, said other pupils at the school dressed as Winston Churchill and the Queen of Hearts, but that no one else in William's form was as, quote, done up as him. How are you dressing as Winston Churchill? Like, what does that look like? And also, I want to see that kid so I can, like, bash him up. Wearing a little suit? I don't know. Like, he's just a little kid wearing a suit? Yeah. That's shit. Little, Fuck little that vest. 
He was so happy planning it all. He normally makes me drop him off quite far away from the school, but today he made me take him all the way down. Asked what she thought of the costume herself, she said, I think it is great. He's always up for a laugh and he's always cheerful. Let's hope he wins for his efforts. <laughs> and attached here is a photo mm-hmm. of what appears to be this. <laughs> he looks sad. It's a sad little boy in an opalumpa makeup. Womp womp. Was he was he sad before he left for school though? You know. Yeah, or is he just posing sad for this picture? He must have been stoked about this. I would be. Just, just sad all the time, this kid. Man, like, what, it, well, it was book day. Okay, because yeah, we got all this book week shit now. Yeah. You kids have to dress up as something from a book. And you can't even you can't even paint their faces anymore because of political correctness. Yeah. <laughs> you doing that, Andrew? You doing book week? <laughs> oh Yeah, I'm uh sending my kids in as some of the characters from To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> boy. <laughs> They still got those fucking my... little the the Commonwealth Bank reading pack things. What are those dolomites? Is it yeah. still all dolomites? Bullshit? No, now now people are like, here's an idea, cut that out. I th- I think I think I can't no. remember if they still try no. and do it. At, I can't Get remember if they still Bitcoin. try and do it at schools. Get kids investing in crypto. Yeah, they absolutely fuck those kids over because they're like the the. Uh, I know we're all stating the obvious. The only point of it is to get a kid on board as a customer of a bank of your by bank. the time they are old enough to be an actual yeah. bank customer, you know. Um, I, did you guys see that shit this week from, like, um, Racing Australia saying, oh, we've given up on trying to get, like, people into schools to talk to them about horse racing? What? Did you see this shit? That doesn't sound good. Like, oh it, man, that doesn't sound good at all. That's that sounds like a dispatch from like Hell? forty years ago. <laughs> Let me. Uh... Get this all right, here here we go. Here we go. Fifty-two-year-old uh, so this... jockey smoking a cigarette in front of the kids. <laughs> kids want to learn about horse racing. This is from the Sydney Morning Herald this week. Uh, Racing boss says woke parents keeping the sport out of schools. <laughs> what? I'm so woke Racing out of my Victoria. <laughs> how else will they learn about whipping horses? How how else am I get kids going to learn how to play some Land proper parlay, you know? Racing Victoria says it has given up trying to get into schools to promote the sport to kids with chief executive Giles Thompson <laughs> pointing to quote wokeism. Among reasons that parents uh, keep rejecting racing from their schools. In announcing record half-yearly turnover figures from July 1st to December 30th, 2021, on Tuesday... Great news. Thanks. Thompson said he was confident racing had engaged the, quote, 20-somethings and 30-somethings who were filling racetracks and punting on the sport. I, like, do you guys know anybody who, who, like, bets on horses and shit? No. I've absolutely done it in the past. Like oh, You've had a little flutter, have you? I've had a little flutter on the ponies. Flutter. There's a certain kind of guy th- that loves horse race betting. 
That's a kind of guy. Ab- absolutely. And I'm sure that there are more people than ever before with gambling problems because, like... You can get it in a little I, app on your phone. Put on a multi. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you should have to go down to the track and find a guy uh, yeah. named, like, Greasy yeah. Phil. Yeah. You have to live that life. You have to get yeah, down and dirty. Jimmy. Yeah. But instead, yeah, you just you can have an app on your phone and you can go, oh, let me move some of my imaginary money into this imaginary money holder and put down some bets. Oh, that didn't work out. I'll just do another one. Um, it seems like incredibly easy. It also seems like the kind of thing where um, it would make it easier than ever before to conceal the behavior from other people in your life. Yeah, true. Like, yeah. If it's, if it's just a, a little a little app on your phone, you know, you don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to talk yeah, you can have to a anybody little, on the phone. Cheeky little flutter, like on your lap, sort of under the dinner table, kind of like, yeah, 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 honey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah no, no, I don't think we'll be able to go this year. Kind of uh, cash. Flow, oh, I'm just, know, I'm just checking so, the so score. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, Thompson admitted the industry had little luck trying to get into schools to promote all things good about racing, saying like 95% of schools <laughs> 95% name of schools had knocked back Racing Victoria initiatives such as free educational incursions in schools, visits from horses or jockeys, and excursions to racetracks. God, that'd be so oh funny. My I'm sorry. I'm oh sorry, my but... God. You can't do that. You can't do that. Like, come on, man. We're, like, there's there's a lot of arguments about a lot of different kinds of sports that I'm willing to entertain. But like, yeah. horse racing, dog racing, like these these things are gambling. They are for gambling, and that's fucking it. And that's do you for think grown if they ups. took Do you think if they took betting out of it? That anyone would be down there going, I hope my favorite dog wins. I'm yeah. taking down a banner to cheer like, for my favorite dog. Like, name a single benefit from horse racing. <laughs> yeah. This, for society. This... <laughs> well, all these I mean, dogs like, get get to have a little run. All, all, right. all of the benefits that everybody will ever describe to you about um, horse racing or dog racing are basically all the same arguments that people make about, like, poker machines. Yeah. Where they're like, hey, yeah. we put money into the community. And it's like, gee, where's that money where's it come, come from, from? that you're putting into the... From, that you're putting in, yeah. Who, who gave it to you? That's so funny. Quote, it only takes one parent to object to the headmaster or headmistress okay, that you're encouraging kids to gamble and that'll shut it down, he said. Yeah. Yep. Kind of are, though. That's sort of the be-all. Yeah. Like, that's sort of the thing you're doing, though, right? It's it's kind of funny that he sort of segued seamlessly from we have successfully captured the market of 20-somethings and 30-somethings and have them filling yeah, racetracks and gambling heaps. But we can't get into uh, schools to deliver our non-gambling-related pitch for horse yeah. racing. That's Quote, so cool. It must, be, it must be great to not be able to, like, hear yourself think. <laughs> To have when a we could just let it go unexamined. Mm. <laughs> quote, when we could deliver education programs, I'm doing a big scare quote around <laughs> education programs. <laughs> education programs. 
It was wildly successful, but you couldn't get into the schools. 95% of schools would say, we're not interested. And you'd say, why not? And they'd say, the parents <laughs> won't put up with it. Why it's not? What do you mean, why not? Whinging parents. Ungrateful. Ungrateful whinging parents. Ungrateful Woke parents. parents. Just going down to the school and saying, hey, would you be interested in me putting on an educational course where I show all the kids my favorite R-rated movies? <laughs> no? Your kids want to watch Rumpa Stumper? Why can't I show your kids Rumpa Stumper? Yeah. What about the benefits? Educational. He goes on to say, it's wokeism, if you like, in that it only takes one parent to kibosh it when 50 parents might be pro-it. <laughs> mm. Is that what's happening? Is that what's going on, you reckon, mate? Or do you How think... How do you reckon that ratio is... Do you think that's about spot on? Any adjustments like, to be made there? Schools are very different to how they were like 30 years ago, you know? Yeah. They got peanut allergies in there. Yeah. Yep. That's it. (laughs) But Thompson said, racing's challenge when it came to engaging children wasn't just gambling related. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, if you think about what puts a school off racing, it's the gambling. It's the breakdowns of horses. Horses breaking down in the Melbourne Cup is tragic for us in that environment. And it's how we are perceived, he said. Oh, it's tragic because yeah. of how it makes them look, because they look bad. It's when a tragedy, a not for the horses. To get shot in the head, yeah. It's more of a tragic vibe for people who are trying to get children to gamble. <laughs> uh, and I, I really like the, uh, the euphemism there. Horses breaking down. As in, yeah, they're just yeah. breaking down, like, passively. As in, we are blowing this fucking horse's brains out. Eventually they're broken down to make gelatin, which (laughs) is a necessary product. Where else are you going to get your horse glue from? Mm. That's right. He says, uh, yeah, I I love this too. It's tragic for us in like the school environment. It's how we are perceived. Is that because you keep killing a bunch of horses horses. on, on the field at... Highly publicized events. Yeah. No one thinks about how bad that seems for us. Makes us look bad. Man, we just want some more money. But hmm. Horses keep dying. Can't, I have, can't we link up your Dolomites account to a, <laughs> to a Sports TAB bet account? Sports bet, yeah. I'm just loving the idea says, of going to a school and just being like, hey, little boy, put on a multi. <laughs> 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 What the fuck? What the benefit. fuck are they going to be teaching them about other than like this? This is this is what a horse is. Oh, you guys are across that. All right, let's get into the betting. Like the race exists for gambling. It doesn't exist in its own right. It's for gambling. Yeah. Nobody, nobody would fucking be interested in any of this. <sighs> he says that's a real challenge, and it certainly can't be fixed overnight. I assume that's because they're not going to stop killing horses. Yeah, I don't think they plan to. He says, I've been royally criticised in recent years over the whip debate. Oh, whether you should uh... whip horses with a whip. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah, how'd we work? Where'd we land on that one, do you reckon? Yeah, (laughs) have they landed? 
good, bad, we sort that out yet? Oh my god, here we go. <laughs> I've been royally criticised in recent years over the whip debate. And it's a great example of how, on the one hand, racing wants to engage <laughs> with a younger generation and a younger demographic. And it's about perception of the sport when it's that demographic, the 12-year-old, who doesn't understand why a horse has to be whipped in a race. Oh, oh my God. come on. They didn't say this. Who, they didn't say this out who, loud. Who doesn't, un- who doesn't understand that the whip is padded and it doesn't hurt? It's well, the then why are you hitting him with it? it? Why are you yeah. hitting him with it? Why don't you hit him with a cushion? Why don't you it's give him a little them- cuddle? Yeah. Why don't you say some affirmations into his ear as you lean forward, you know? If I was a jockey, I would just teach my horse to manifest a win. Yeah. I think I would be a much better jockey. Are we putting a huge amount of effort into directly changing schools and committees of schools to allow us in? No, we're not. Are we aware, conscious of the challenges around equine welfare, both in reality and in perception? Absolutely we are. And we're invested in that space, which can only help us. Okay? None of the, your words are human. No. Talking you've about arrived, something as a space yeah. is a, re, it's a, real, t- it's a real tell. <laughs> you've arrived from a different dimension. Mm. Um, and you're just trying to... Trying to go unnoticed in ours, but it's not working. It's not, it's not working, buddy. Half-yearly wagering turnover figures exceeded $5 billion for the first oh, time in oh Victorian God. racing history. Oh, I'm sorry? Oh, just God. in Victoria? Just it's in Victoria. It's probably worse in England. Up 5.4% on the same period in 2020. Of every $10 wagered on racing, $8.99 was done online. While digital wagering continues to take more and more market share from retail wagering, the closure of pubs and TAB outlets during late 2021 due to COVID-19 restrictions had an impact on those figures. Oh my goodness. That's um, very funny to be like, kids just don't get why you got to beat the shit out of the animal. And we need to go into schools and carefully explain to them why we have to. My God, that's... Some people are just fucking ghouls, aren't they? Yeah, like just soulless. There's nothing inside. Goddamn. But hey, got to break some eggs to make an omelette? Yeah. That's right. That's what the saying is. Hmm. 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 Yeah. Sometimes. Can't make an omelette uh, without break, breaking a, shooting a few horses. Breaking a horse egg, you know? Sometimes uh, you're, you're on the animal uh, participating in a race, but sometimes... You're participating in a race, and then suddenly an animal is on you. And that's what's happening in another edition of... This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. This is from UPI News. Uh, Cyclists in, quote, stupidly hard California race attacked by rampaging bull. A California bike race billed as, quote, stupidly hard, end quote, became even more difficult than organisers predicted when three riders were attacked by a rampaging bull. Yeah, I, f- uh, I figure that's going to kind of put a 
A little damper on it? Yeah, put a little stick in the spokes, so to speak. Sorry, b- before we get started in the story, can we just touch real... We, we very infrequently touch on the headlines that Ben writes just for himself in the... Uh, in the notes, uh, this one, uh-huh. the one thing we didn't want to happen, colon, cattle to the mattle. Now, I looked up mattle, and it doesn't mean anything. Well, I assume <laughs> that uh, what, he's, what he's going for here like is kind of to like the metal. pedal, pedal to, to the, the metal. metal. Yeah, I got, I, uh, Am I missing something? I need you to trust me that I get that. Cattle to the... Cattle to the mattle. <laughs> like the... He's had a hard week. He's had a hard week. We've got like he's just saying guys metal gone without funny. power. Like he's from for... California, so he's like, "Oh, bra, cuddle to the metal." Cuddle. Okay. Oh, cuddle to the metal. Okay, that works. I got it. I think I've got it. Thanks, Ben. Ben, if you want to break in with a quick go, yeah, Ben, if you want to this point and go in here with a, oh, ha, ha, ha. go for it. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Thank you for the notes. <laughs> well, let's fucking see. Um... Well, on the first day, it took me about three hours just to get back to my own home, and I didn't know whether I'd be able to do it because of all the road closures. Um, and then the first thing that happened to me before I got back to my own apartment was that I, I got around to the uh, about 50 meters away from one of my friend's houses, which had completely become an island because it was about two and a half meters underwater. And I'm standing there. I'm so desperate. And I'm so fucking terrified by everything that's happening, and I'm so anxious. And then while I'm standing there, I notice that one of his windows has started to vibrate. And all of a sudden, one of my friends pops his fucking head out of a house, which is like completely surrounded by water, like something out of a fucking Miyazaki movie. And I have to, I, I, I take I take him in for the next two nights because he's got nowhere to live because his house is underwater because he got fucking kayaked out shortly after I saw him there. That same night, a friend of mine who lives on a boat on the river, um, he also comes and stays with me because... In the prior hours to him arriving at my front door, drenched through with no possessions whatsoever because he ran from the city to my place, is the boat that he lives on on the river got hit by a pontoon and then by another boat and I thought he had died. Um, And then I spent a couple of days trying to, you know, take care of myself and these guys were without power. Also, we were trapped in our suburb because of the floodwater. Uh, and then when, when everything came back, you know, we're trying to get the bar working. I did a 12-hour shift yesterday, even though we didn't have power because we just wanted to get beer to people, remind them that we existed, just do the fucking best that we can. We've got a beer festival that we got to fucking do next weekend, and it's a beer festival that we put off by four months because of the fucking Omicron variant of the novel coronavirus and because of regular fucking Delta before that. Um, so, yeah, I thought Cattle to the Metal would be funny, because it's like pedal to the metal, but it's cattle. And Matt, yeah. Go fuck yourself. Ha 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 ha. Um, a California bike race. Three riders. Rampaging bull. The Bianchi Rock Cobbler. An 80-mile off-road bike race through Bakersfield that's billed as a stupidly hard ride on its website, was interrupted when a bull ran into the path of oncoming cyclists and attacked three of the riders. Now, I, I saw a video of this. Like the, yeah. I saw a video of this and like one of the dudes on the bike just didn't really twig to what was happening until the bull was just slamming into the side of him. And I think he was probably having a bad time. Yeah. Plus, I mean, 
as a cyclist, I think your one kind of tool in your arsenal is riding your bike. Getting so further away only, from something, yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing that, uh, you know, if, if, you, if all you've got a ham- is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And if it, mm. all you've got is uh, a bicycle a and two extremely rock-hard, weird-looking calves, I think you're just going to pump those calves until you're further away from the bull than you started off. Yeah. Quote, I am extremely sore. End quote. Tony Inderbitzen, a cyclist who was thrown into the air by the bull, told KMPH-TV. I've never been this sore. Initially, right after the attack, my neck was killing me. That was the focal point of the soreness. Now it's my lower back. Having uh, just gone to the cinema and taken in the piece of artwork known as Jackass Forever. Mm. Did you enjoy yourself? Oh, very much. I had a great time. I don't think I've ever been so happy since 2007. <laughs> have you ever have you ever cackled so loudly in a theater? I can't remember the last time I was like laughing in a movie theater like that, you know? Yeah. I I couldn't tell if other people in the theater were as as vocally into it as I was cuz I couldn't hear them over me laughing. So Yeah. Everyone was gone hog wild in the cinema here. It was just it's a wonderful time. That's what it's all about, you know? Mm. Uh, and and so Johnny Knoxville gets hit by a bull again in that movie. And <laughs> he does. does. He does a... He's too old for a, it. <laughs> oh, man. White, white-haired, 50-year-old Johnny Knoxville getting hit by a bull and sent on like a full sort of 540 cartwheel. Yeah. Uh, completely unconscious... Comes to and he's he's broken his like wrist and his ribs and oh God. several other things. Apparently there were a series of um. Uh, apparently there was a series of stunts that they were supposed to do after that point, oh. and then they were like, "No." He's like, "No, he, thank you." He, he won't be doing any more of that. It was towards the end of production where they're like, "You kind of have to do the stuff that is most likely to fuck you up really bad at the end." Yeah. Yeah. And he's sort of one on one and done on getting hit by a bull, hey? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Inderbitzen did not finish the race, but two other cyclists attacked by the bull were later able to cross the finish line. Organizers, mm, so it's his problem. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a quitter. Okay. Sounds like a quitter. My goodness. Sam Ames, Rock Cobbler's quote, chief excitement officer. I'm glad that's in quotes. Hmm. Um, does that mean he's the CEO, but he's like a fun CEO? Maybe. Or that's. I a, bet that's a... also on his Tinder profile. Mm. I'm the boss, and I take all the profits. But I'm kind of fun. We have pizza Fridays. Mm, we got a foosball table. <laughs> oh man, I saw a I saw an article about um. I saw an article that was about, like, you know how we have all these ones about bosses who can't get their employees to come back to work? Yeah, it's great. I love that. <laughs> uh, and this one had, had been posted with some commentary from our friend uh, Ed Zitron. And he was talking about this article. It's in, like, the fucking Wall Street Journal or whatever it is. And this boss is saying, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what I'm supposed to do because... 
I've done all this stuff to the office to make it like really cool and really nice to come back to and everything. And the things that he had done were like, I think there was, there were like a sports management agency or something like that. And Mm -hmm. he had, um, he had put in like uh, a tunnel between like sort of coming into the office (laughs) and, and, and going into the, let me, let me try and explain this probably. Um, he'd, he'd put in like a tunnel where coming into the sort of entrance to the office out into the open plan office area so that his employees would feel like a pro athlete coming like down the tunnel and out into oh the arena, god. you know? Oh <sighs> my god, just pay me more money. Uh, just give me more money. I mean, another thing you might feel like is sort of like cattle being herded. Yeah, but the nice the thing about cattle being yeah cattle being hurt is at the end someone shoots you in the head <laughs> with a uh, with one of those um, pneumatic pistols. Yeah, but here you just have to go to work. Yeah, which is much worse. Ah, but he had that's, also that sucks. Done, he, done, he did some other stuff. That's not all. That's not all. You know, um, he also put a, he also put a Formula One car in the office. Oh, oh, you know, I mean, like, you don't, you don't get to, you don't get to, like, drive the car or anything, Mm. you know, but I guess what else are you supposed to do? This is, uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, John Rowaday has done everything he can think of to make his company's Chicago office a place where workers want to be. As president of Revolution, lowercase r, uppercase e. I hate that. A sports marketing firm, he's installed a scoreboard, bleachers, and a tunnel between the elevator and lobby to make his 100 employees feel like athletes emerging from a locker room into an arena. Cool. So, so far, none of these things have any impact on, like, what you're expected to, to do for your job. They're all just things that are present peripherally. Yeah, yeah, they're improving the room score. In the yeah. Sims, if you will. Yeah, and, and like, even that's debatable. To to be honest, like I think a lot of these sorts of things pre-pandemic are genuinely the kind of things that when you would go to interview and go to into an office, you would be like, "Oh, damn! Yeah. They, they splash a bit of cash on making the place cool and making it, yeah. making, you know, giving you some little amenities and stuff like that." Um, it says to further entice his staff to come back after many got comfortable doing their jobs from home do- during the pandemic. Mr. Rowaday stocked an office bar with free beer and bourbon for on-site happy hours. You know how you love to have a happy hour, but at work? As soon as there's, like, free alcohol at your work, you know that you're going to be in for one of the most toxic, horrible workplace experiences of your life. Yeah, because it's the combo of things. It it means that they expect you to be there late. That's Um, true. And also that... Work is so unpleasant mm. that that's the only way they can be like, but you're happy here, right? You're blowing off some steam. Well, mm. I mean, also, hey, we didn't, we noticed you weren't at, uh, you, you weren't at the happy hour the last couple of weeks. Mm. What's going on with that? I mean, like, I also think I, I have always so been a total, a total fucking square about this stuff, right? And I, I will happily acknowledge that. I, I have never had the relationship with work. And, and workplace relationships with other people that I've seen a lot of other people have. That said, I have never been accused of sexually harassing anybody. 
I mm. have never done something while drunk in a workplace or at a work function where I've been like, fuck, I need to like quit. Shouldn't have done or, that. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, I can't show my fucking face. Um, I've never accidentally fucked somebody that I work with, you know, and uh, just just ruined my life or anything like that. I, I am of the mind that if you want to party with people from your work, you can just go to a fucking bar after work and do your thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, think that, I think that stocking your office with a whole bunch of booze sends extremely mixed messages about what is appropriate in the workplace because then when people get fucking shit-faced at like 5 p.m. on a Friday... Mm. and do some fucked up stuff in the office that your workplace is suddenly responsible for, uh, then they're going to come down on you. Anyway. Yeah. It's called working in advertising, Andrew. It's just the way we do things. Do things a little different. Free beer, bourbon for on-site happy hours. Then there's the full-size race car in the lobby. Again, you do not get to drive. You the... can't drive it. A race car's you not exciting to... when it's inside. It is a race car that sits there, uh, and you can look at it and say, wow, a guy drove that. Nevertheless, much of the team prefers to work remotely most days, Mr. Alde yeah. said, even, so if it means, even if it means gazing at the family minivan in the driveway instead of a Formula One speed machine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy. I'd way yeah. rather look at, look at my own fucking house than something very expensive you put in the lobby of the building. Mm, yeah. Quote, It can be frustrating to really do everything you could possibly do. Try not to be overbearing, engage with your employees, and then have to deal with situations where people still aren't comfortable coming back, he says. This cannot be real. I refuse to believe it. Like, it... it... <sighs> I just, I just don't fucking understand. Like, you, you, what, what is it about that that is actually improving somebody's day-to-day -day experience of doing their job? Nothing. The thing yeah, that, like... the thing about working from home that has improved a lot of people's day-to-day -day experience is not having to sit on a fucking train for an hour each way every day. Not having to get up two hours earlier than you need to in order to be at the office in time for work. Yeah, like all that kind of shit, you know. Yeah, it's it, but it's but it's weird, right? Because they finally um, run into something that just makes people's lives better at no cost to them. Yeah, but people the still business, work; they still yeah. do their work, and their lives are better, and they're happier. But they're getting it for free, right? People are getting it for free, mm. and that's weird. That's weird that like we've just been able to like make our lives better and and it, and like we haven't had to give something up for it. Hmm. Like it's just a simple trade to be like, hey, you don't have to spend two hours on public transport anymore every day. And the businesses are like, yeah, but what do we get out of it? Like, well, here's the thing. Fuck off. I agree. Fuck off. Let me stay at home. That's right. I like it here. Let me become slowly agoraphobic. Yeah. Like, who, <laughs> That's my who right. Gives a, who gives a shit if I'm not in, like, if I'm not dressed up? Because, like, we worked out. None of that matters. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. We, we worked it out. We tried it. We tried it for a while and we went, yeah, this is fine. Crime pass. None of that other shit matters. Week. Don't go to work. We just made all that shit up. 
It was all just made up. Yeah, you, you don't have to do it. Completely made up. Uh, what is holding up the off- the return to the office right now? Plenty of workers simply sucks. don't feel like it. They're dining yeah, in restaurants, right. going to movies, and taking trips, but offices aren't on their itinerary. That yeah, is why would you go to re- the office? That is delivering a reality check for bosses who've been hoping the plunge in COVID-19 cases meant workers would finally, finally come back. Big banks like Goldman Sachs Group Incorporated and Jefferies Group LLC recently recalled much of their staff, and tech giants like Microsoft and Meta, the parent company of Facebook, are planning March returns for some employees. There are people eager to resurrect their office lives. Losers! Just as many business leaders have let go of the notion that FaceTime five days a week is the optimal way to work. Nationwide, however, office occupancy rates are hovering around one-third, according to an estimate by Castle Systems, which tracks building access card swipes. Sure, employees like catered lunches, lounges filled with beanbag chairs, and the masseuse who sets up in the conference room every day. I don't, day. Like I don't Absolutely no, I don't, nobody actually enjoys that. No, I don't like any of that. I like deciding what I have for lunch. I like, I like, uh, I like warming up leftovers and they don't cost me anything. I like I eat them. no strangers touching me ever, yeah. In, yeah. ever at all in my lifetime. Mm. I, um, yeah, I, I really... It is fucking wild to me how much money it saves me. Not going to work in an office. I yeah. don't I don't have to spend the money on petrol to drive my car. Mm-hmm. I don't have to pay for a fucking daily parking ticket. I don't have to like buy coffees or lunch or mm-hmm. anything. Like That's you your said, misery the, money. Like yeah. I will buy coffees like two or three times a day at work because I'm miserable, because I'm unhappy. So I'm not having a nice time. I don't have to do that at home. Well, yeah, like a lot of the time, the reason you do that shit is so that you can leave the building for 15 minutes. Yeah, because it's nice to get out of the building. Uh, Quote, you're not going to get me on the train for two hours for free bagels, says Jason Alvarez, a 36-year-old software engineer who quit his job in New York in January when his former employer signaled an office return was imminent. Yeah, hell yeah. It isn't that Mr. Shaw disliked his old boss or workplace. The father of two young children simply says he found something better. A remote job that allowed him to move his family to Puerto Rico, where they plan to live for at least two years. Hell yeah. Fine. Yeah. There's a photo of this dude's uh, new backyard in Puerto Rico. (laughs) And it's just like, it's just fucking palm trees and... Uh, a big, a big. And he's island. a software developer. He can just do his shit from over there. Yeah, like, well, yeah there's, wow. a, there's it a, looks great. It's great. The, the thing that drives me fucking nuts about that sort of stuff, like doing, doing like, you know, genuine sort of computer work, is that so much of the time you would go into the office and sit there and not fucking talk to anyone all day anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Especially for social software development, like the the less interaction I have with anybody, the more productive I am. And I've got to like get in there and there's music playing on the radio and I kind of put my headphones on and I try and like put it up loud so it blocks in. People like come in, say, hey, morning, how you going? I'm like, yep, nodding at them and they're, and they're just like hanging around. I'll take my headphones off. Hey, yeah. How was your weekend? Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was good. It was, it was I would constantly be like, like motioning <laughs> to put my headphones back on, <laughs> trying to work out socially like the cues as to whether the conversation had ended and I can try and like regain my train of thought. 
The actually the thing that um the thing that did it for me I think was that my previous employer, uh, like, they they hired me because they wanted somebody in the city that I live in. Right, there was very distributed workplace <coughs> offices in in lots of major cities and stuff like that, but. My my days in that job were that I would go in and sit with a group of people who I had almost no overlap with in terms of actual yeah. work. And then multiple times a day, I would go into a room and get onto a screen to do teleconferences with my actual team members who all lived in different states. Cool. Uh, and And that is seen as and positioned as and all that sort of stuff as being like a flexible workplace that is like, you know, that's fucking agile and we we can have people living wherever and working from wherever and all that sort of stuff. The problem is that once you have established that as how your workplace works and then the rug gets pulled of, oh, no one can be in the office and it turns out it's exactly the fucking same. Yeah. I'm having just the same amount of meetings with people I'm not in the same room as, which is all of them. Uh, then it's like when they when they start talking about going back, it's like, why? Drag my ass into the fucking office and then sit there talking to people on a screen. Makes no difference. And everyone's just going, yeah, you know what? No thanks. I would it's going to be a hard note- pass for me. In in both the jobs that I have had since the pandemic, um, in both of them, my direct manager has just been like, oh, they're talking about people coming back in the office, but fuck that. I'm not into it. So, no no support at all from management no, for the no, concept none. of making people go back in. It's, it's very funny. It's very funny stuff. Folks, don't go into the office. You know? Don't do it. Avoid it no. as much as possible. Quit your they job. can't make us all go in. Just quit your job, and then six months later, they will ask you to freelance for them, and you can ask for double the wage. That's my advice. If you work in the very specific same industry as me. But probably not anymore, because Lucy's doing that job. Probably. I've got that you'll job. You'll have to find your own. So you'll have to find your own job that you can quit, and then get paid more to freelance for them. That's right. That's my advice. Yep. Well, that is your weekly bonus episode of Advice. Hope it's uh, been worthwhile to you. Yeah. Go home and uh, put the cattle to the metal. Brah. Put the cattle <laughs> to the metal. <laughs> Brah. It's going to catch on. It is. It's, gonna, it's totally going to catch on. Uh, Lucy, do you remember who was at the 2006 Taste of Chaos Festival? I believe I was... Uh... Well, the one there was—I think there was a couple of different ones. It was one with a headliner of the used, second headliner, thirty seconds to Mars. Might have been oh, two thousand and seven. Oh, Jaron Lee I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the two thousand and six one. That's, yeah, is this important? That's my first is this problem. important info before we close out? No, Parkway Drive, Taking Back Sunday, Anthem Flag. Ooh. That's a place. Thanks for coming by.